Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. This last while, I've just been so just reminded of how God loves to use ordinary people. He loves to come and just use the ones that we wouldn't pick for the job. And we've heard this so many times before, but even, I don't know if any of you saw what was happening with the Asbury revival. And it's just, it's just amazing how, so it was just a bunch of students that had a, a meeting and God just showed up and they were worshiping, but they felt God's presence so strongly that they just continued in worship and it lasted for days. The, the one lady said that she thought, oh, they were just continuing for like 20 minutes. And after three hours, she realized, wow, it wasn't 20 minutes. And it was just incredible to see how God would come and use ordinary people. He used those students. They didn't have a plan. They weren't like these big shot preachers or anything. They were just hungry for a move of God. And we see it throughout the Bible. We see God, even the disciples that Jesus chose, we wouldn't have chosen, or I wouldn't have chosen them. I mean, he chose people that had ordinary jobs like fishermen and, um, and tax collectors, and he, he sent them out to bring the kingdom of God, and he trusted them. And even Paul, we know he, Saul, he was the biggest persecutor of um, Christians of Jesus, but he became one of the biggest missionaries, and he even wrote most of the New Testament. I mean, that's just wild how God will use ordinary people, and we hear this all the time. We hear all the time that God loves using ordinary people, but why is it still so hard for us to believe that God would want to use us? Why is it still so hard for us to believe that God is able to use us even when he calls us. So today I want us to, um, well, read in Exodus. I want us to read um, about the, the life of Moses. Um, so I'll just give a quick background, but we'll, we'll read in verse, um, verse 3. So Moses, God had a purpose for, for Moses. Um, Moses was born in a time when the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. And at that point when Moses was born, all the, the baby boys were being killed. All the, the Hebrew baby boys were being killed because the Israelites, uh, I mean, the Egyptians started feeling threatened because the Israelites were, were multiplying and they were becoming greater in number. So, so they were killing all these baby boys. But when Moses was born, his mother saw that he was special. So she decided to keep him and hide him, and so she raised him, and then at some point, we know the story, they put him in, or she put him in a basket, and he flowed down the river, and the, the, um, it, the Pharaoh's daughter found him. And so Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh, um, and then it says that when he grew up, he was walking around where the Egyptians, I mean, the Israelites were working, and he saw that an Egyptian was, excuse me, he was beating a, 
um, a Hebrew. And so Moses goes and he kills this Egyptian, and then he hides him. And, and then the next day, he sees two Hebrews fighting. And he asks them, why do you strike your companion? And he says, but, oh, are you going to kill us just like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And so Moses becomes scared because he realizes, oh, someone saw him. So he becomes scared of what Pharaoh might do if he finds out. So he flees. So he goes to the land of Midian, and he lives there for 40 years. He gets married. He has children. And then it says that at that point, God saw the cry of his people. He heard the cry of his people, and he decided that he was going to deliver them. So while Moses was um, tending his, I think it was his father's flock, he, God appeared to him in a burning bush. So God came to him and he called him and he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said to him, here I am, Lord. And God tells him, I have seen the affliction of my people. And he says to him, and I am coming to deliver them. So let's read from verse 10. It's Exodus 3 verse 10, sorry. So it says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And then it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So Moses was like, God, why would, who, who's, who am I? Like, why would you send me, God? But then God goes on and says to him, he gives him this promise. He says, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And then Moses goes again and he says, but, but if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? So this is a reasonable, uh, reasonable response. He asks God, okay, but if I go, what do I say to them? And so God tells him, you tell them, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. And so God goes on and he explains to him exactly. He says to him, go to the elders, say this to them. And then he even tells him how the king's going to react. He tells them, the king at first will not let you go unless he's moved by a mighty hand. So God says, I will come and I will bring sign. I mean, I will bring wonders and, and, um, and strike the Egyptians with these wonders. I'm, I'll come and after the first he won't believe, but, but the latter he will believe. And then God tells him he will give favor to the, to the Hebrew people, the Israelites. And they'll have favor with the Egyptians. They'll go out, they'll have the jewelry, they'll have their clothing, and they'll plunder the Egyptians. So God tells him that the king will let them go. So he gives them, he tells Moses exactly how it's going to play out. And then Moses says to God in disbelief, he says, verse 4 verse 1, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? 
So Moses is here in disbelief, and he's like, God, but they won't believe me. Even after God told him what's going to happen, it was still hard for him to believe that what God had said would come to pass. And so God comes and he says, he gives him these signs. The first one he says, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, okay, it's a staff. And so God says, throw that staff on the ground. And as soon as he did, it became a serpent. And then God said, take it by the tail. And when he picked it up, it became a staff again. And then the second sign that God showed him, he told him, put, put your hand in your cloak. And when he took his hand out, his hand was, it says, like snow. It was leprous. And the moment he put his hand back in his cloak, his hand was completely normal when he took it out again. God gave him these two signs. And then he said, and if they won't listen to these signs, then he'll send more signs. He says, you will throw water on the ground and it will become blood. And so Moses, verse 10 He says, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So Moses makes this excuse and he's like, God, but I'm not, I'm not eloquent in words. I, I'm not the right person. Like, God, why do you want to send me? He keeps, after God shows him these signs, He keeps saying, oh, but God, no, like, I can't do this. But then God says to him, who has made man's mouth, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall speak. So we see constantly God's telling him, I will be with you. I will teach you. I will tell you what to say. And Moses said to God, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. And doesn't this sound just so familiar? I mean, how many times have God, has he called us to things, and then we're like Moses. We're like, oh, God, who am I that you would send me? Or, God, what am I even going to say? How am I going to do this? And then when God shows you and he tells you he'll be with you, you still say, Oh, but God, I'm not good at this. God, like, please just send someone else. Doesn't that sound so familiar? But so God, he tells him, okay, he'll send him Aaron. And so Aaron, because he's good at speech, God says, okay, he'll send, he'll send him, and then he'll communicate to the, to the pharaohs, but God will still speak to Moses. So it's so, so kind of God that... Moses still saw the glory of God. Moses still, he was still used by God, but it wasn't God's original plan. God's original plan was to use Moses to go and speak to the Pharaoh. And how much glory would that have given God when, if Moses would have said, God, here I am, I'll do it. Even if he wasn't, he, it didn't seem like he was the right one, or it didn't seem like he, he would be able to do it, but God would be able to do it through him. And I don't know about you guys, but when God calls me to something, I don't want him to send an errand. <laughs> I want him to receive the full glory that he can receive through my life. So even if it's hard and he calls you to something, just say yes, because you know he'll be with you. 
because his promise is that he'll be with you. So, yeah. It's, for me in my life, I've had this struggle with God for a while. And um, I grew up, from, most of you knew me growing up, and you would know that I was very shy. <laughs> I hated speaking in front of people. I would always say, oh, I'm shy, or I'm quiet. And I would say, oh, I don't have much, much to say. And, but I knew God was calling me to speak. And I knew he wanted to use my voice. And it was funny, every time I would receive a word about this, I would be like, okay, God, yeah, I'll sing, I'll use my voice for you, but I don't want to speak. <laughs> and then I would even get angry. I would be like, God, I don't want this word. Like, why would you want to send me? And I was, I was frustrated with God. I, I, I was like, God, why wouldn't you make me better at speaking? Like, why would you make me so shy? Why would you... And then call me to something like this. And God showed me, he said, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And I remember um, at that point in my life where I was still very shy, I said, if one day you guys see me, anyone sees me speaking in front of people, you're going to know that that was God. It wasn't out of my own ability. <laughs> so this, just me speaking to you guys today, is a testimony of God being able to do what he had promised. And God being able, even if it seems impossible. I mean, I was so gripped by fear. I was so afraid I would go blank. I couldn't even pray in front of people. And it was before I went to ministry school, I was terrified of praying in front of anyone. I couldn't even sit with one person and pray with them, and I would be terrified. And I knew when I made the decision to go, I knew God was going to challenge me. And I knew I was going to, I thought he was going to send me out to go and evangelize to people and to pray for them. And I was so scared. But God was so kind and he was so patient with me. That's probably the, mo the thing I love most about him is his patience. He taught me in such a gentle way and he set me free from fear. And... Um, yeah, it, it took time spending, being with him and spending time with him and learning what he actually says about me. And, yeah. And he started setting me free. He started showing me who he actually created me to be. And I would sit with him and I learned how to... Um, how to ask him, God, what do you actually say over me? Because many times we have this idea of who we are. I used to say I was shy. I used to declare that over myself all the time. I used to say, oh, I'm, I'm quiet. And then God started showing me, but that's not who I created you to be. He said, that's who you had become because of what you experienced in your life. It's not who I created you to be. And he reminded me of a memory my, my parents had told me this as well, but when I was really young, we, my mom and I went on this train ride somewhere, and the whole time, apparently the whole time, through I was singing to them that song, um, I wasn't shy, and I was, I was basically sharing Jesus with people, and I was still a kid. I was who God had created me to be. It was before I had experienced anything that told me who I should be or before I had started declaring things over myself, because when we 
do that and we declare things over ourselves, that becomes our reality because that's what we believe. And our, our words have power because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. The thing is, the enemy doesn't want you to know what the truth is because he knows when you do, you'll walk in the plans that God has for you. He tries to keep us from those things because he knows that the lie will ha hold power over us. But God comes and he gives revelation and he brings the truth. So it's so important to learn how to take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that. To take every thought captive unto um, the obedience of Christ. So whenever we hear a lie, whenever something that we know is not of God, and the thing is sometimes we think it's truth. That's why it's so important to ask Jesus, okay, Jesus, what is the truth? Or to go into the Word, because the Word of God, constantly, we were talking about this at Word Active. Um, I was just so amazed at how many times in the Bible God is declaring things over us. He's declaring truth. He's declaring identity. So we should make this a habit to start recognizing these things and asking God, okay, God, what are you saying over me? So that we can walk in the plans that God has for us. The Bible says in James 4 verse 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But it, 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 at first it says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And it's so true. When we resist the devil, after a while, when we keep saying, no, I won't listen to this lie, and you just declare the truth over yourself instead of partnering with the enemy, because the enemy only has as much power over you as you give him. When we believe that lie, we give him power. But when we believe the truth, we're partnering with Jesus. So where in your life, even as I'm talking now, where in your life, things that are coming up, are you believing lies that you can't do, like you feel like Moses and you're like, God, I can't do what you're calling me to do. And you feel like you're not good enough. You're not this or you're not that. And you just feel like God has the wrong person and he needs to ask someone else. Even if it's being a father, and you feel, oh, I, I can't do this, or whatever it may be, what is the thing that you are believing about yourself, the lie that you're believing about yourself? We're going to take some time to just allow Jesus to minister to each of us today and for him to speak the truth over us. Because Jesus, he brings freedom because... Um, the truth sets us free, and Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So when he comes and he brings that revelation, the lie has no power over you. It has no hold over you anymore because the truth, you've received the truth. So can I just have some background music playing? Just close your eyes. We're not in a rush with this. We're gonna just ask Jesus to minister to each one today.
might have been things that have come to your mind where you know that you're partnering with a lie, where you know that you're not believing the truth. But right now we're just going to ask Jesus to come and reveal that to you. However he speaks, he speaks in so many different ways. And he uses our imagination, or you might just hear something, or you're minded of something. But Jesus, right now, I ask that you'd bring freedom. Right now, I ask that you would, you would speak to each person here today, personally. just ask him, Jesus, where in my life am I believing a lie? Where am I partnering with a lie? And there might be many, many things that are coming up. But ask him, Jesus, okay, what, what do you want me to focus on right now? just to take that lie that that he exposed that he showed you and out loud I just want you to say I break partnership with this lie and then you declare it out loud Jesus, what is the truth that you're speaking over me? some of you this might be hard it might be frustrating but you hear his voice the Bible says my sheep hear my voice and you are all his sheep so you can hear his voice just allow him to speak whatever comes to your mind Take that truth that Jesus has shared with you and declare it over yourself. Say it out loud. I declare this is the truth that God says over me. And if you didn't feel like you heard anything today, that's okay. 
Sometimes it takes practice and to learn to trust that you do hear him. But go to the word. The word is full of promises and things God is declaring over you. In any place where you felt like even just how on earth will God be able to do this? If he's promised you something, how is he going to do that? Just go to him with that. Ask him, Jesus, remind me what's the truth. And take time to do this by yourself. Even when you're at home, it takes time. Like for me, it, it took a while of declaring the truth over myself until I learned, until I believed it. And until it became a habit of not allowing any lie of the enemy in my mind. Whenever I would hear a lie, I would just be like, no, that's not the truth. I won't partner with it. And you declare the truth. You say, Jesus, I partner with you. And even if you forget, God is so kind in reminding you, hey, like, hey, you're listening to, to a lie. So he's so kind. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to read these scriptures over you guys. Romans 4 verse 19. Whenever I have a hard time believing what God says, or when I have a hard time believing that God's able to do what He had promised me and said that He was going to do, I always go back to the scripture. Romans 4 verse 19. So it says, I I think I quoted this a few weeks ago, but I love this verse. It's verse 10. Sorry. (laughs) It talks about Abraham. And Abraham had received this promise from God. God had told him that he was going to be a father of many nations. But his wife Sarah was barren they were old and they it was hard to believe that God was going to be able to do that that he was going to be a father of many nations but it says that no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised And God is able to do all that he had promised in your life as well. And every every person has such a big purpose that God wants to fulfill in your life. God knew when he made Moses, he knew, he placed him in the right place. He knew that he was the right one for the job. And he knows that you are too. And even if it feels to you like, oh, what you're doing is not that significant, It doesn't matter how glamorous, it doesn't matter how um, valuable it seems, it's so significant in the kingdom of God. I believe that many times the, the people whose lives have the most, the biggest impact on the kingdom of God are the ones we don't see. They aren't the ones who are preaching or whatever it is or evangelizing. It might even be just the granny in her closet that's, that's interceding and, and praying for family. And wherever you are, even if you're scrubbing toilets or even if you're, that even, it doesn't matter. Even if you're a, a mom or a dad, your life is so significant to God. 
and he has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And even if you're sitting here today and you're wondering, but I don't know what, what God's promise over my life is, ask him. Go into the word. The word is filled with promises from God. He has a calling for your life. Let's read Ephesians 3 verse 20. To him who, by the power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we ask or think. Infinitely, infinitively, how do you say that? I don't know. Beyond our wildest or our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and amen. He's able to do far more, exceedingly and abundantly more than we ever ask or imagine. He's just so faithful and he's so kind. So today I just want to come and remind you guys how patient our God is and how close he is. He's God with us. That promise that he gave to Moses, he gives that same promise to you. When he calls you to something, he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. So take time this week to ask God, what are the things that he wants to speak over you, the truth that he wants to take care of you, so that you can, with confidence, walk in the plans that he has for you. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.